Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. It's Thierry already! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the bottom bar! Back to Arsenal! That's an Arsenal! Yes! Get in there! Hello and welcome back to the Different Knock podcast. For the first time ever, coming at you on a Thursday. We are now doing uh, slightly shorter episodes. Uh, but yeah, we'll have one out on a Thursday and one out on a Monday, you lucky buggers. Uh, but as always, still with Alexander Moneypenny and my very, very good friend, Mr. Senor. Senorita, I feel for you. It is the one and only. It is... The Bradley Adams. <laughs> Bradley Adams is looking very, very sexy in his new Arsenal kit. He's got the white one yeah, with, with the blood on it, or is it the marble? With like, with like the the red ting, the red ting bits. It's very. Do you cool. know what Adidas have smashed it this year? Just have. I really think like the the home kit's a good version of a home kit because obviously, what can you change about a home kit? Like it's going to be yeah. red. It's going to have white sleeves. Uh, it, does it have white sleeves? It probably does. I can't remember. The, the yeah, I, I have a theory about kits, as they say. Um, I think Nike do classic very well. If you look at that, that Liverpool kit and then look at, look at the Chelsea kit, I think they do classic, clean, nice kits very well. Mm. And I think Adidas, they push the boat out. I love it. And, and I think I saw a stat earlier on that we've, uh, the Arsenal home kit has outsold the Liverpool home kit, which is always nice. You know, we are gargantuan. If we can't beat them on the pitch, we'll beat them off it. <laughs> I mean, we have beaten them on the pitch. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're still league winners. Uh, <laughs> doesn't really change that. Um, how are you, mate? How are you doing? Or sh- uh, should I say, how are you doing? Am I right? Because, because we've targeted Gags. a player called Hussem Awa. Anyway, how are you, mate? Gags, gags, gags. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm good, thanks, mate. Um... Obviously gassed with the news, I think it was last night, that, you know, he signed the deal, finally. I yes. can turn the noties off. Alex Renarsson, he's he's done. Uh, we can <laughs> we can finally stop worrying. Uh, yeah, it was it was good, wasn't it? It was an, it was a nice. I yeah. did uh, the live stream was good. I liked the 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 what was it the thing in the bio, mm. the what did he say? If you're reading this, turn your notifications on. Love that. Is it Connor Armstrong? Is that his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy that runs the account. Love to see it. It must be quite hard knowing that the entirety of your fan base knows some information. You just haven't announced it and then still making that quite exciting. So I think I think they did really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I agree with you. And I think that after filming the pod that we did on Sunday... I kind of thought about it a lot and I really agree with you that I don't think that that deal was signed until yesterday. I wrote a blog, right, 
on this this morning, which you can go and check out on thedifferentknock.com. Um, the uh, the Ian Wright video, uh, we'll get into that a bit more later in terms of what I said in the blog, but one of the one of the points I made was they're talking about in the in that interview with Ian Wright, they're talking about the goal that Aubameyang scored and he talks about the Willian cross, i.e. The, 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 the goal against Fulham, which was Saturday. So that mm. must have been either Sunday, Monday or... Well, Sunday or Monday because the, the video was filmed. It's going to take them, you know, a time to edit it and all that sort of stuff. So it must have been... Yeah, it must have been then. And also last night, I think he put... There was like an Instagram live video of Aubameyang saying something like... Someone put like, any new signings? And he said like, you know, you know... Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you're coming around to my theory, Brad. I th- I think I'm very optimistic. I think it was signed very recently, especially because we hadn't released the new training kits or anything, and he's been pictured in them signing the contract with with Arteta. Yes, yeah, of course. That's a that's a good spot. Which also, by the way, I tweeted this, tweeted this, Emmy going as well proves my point that there will never ever be anything to read into players being pictured in the new kit. Every year you see. Gareth Bale before he went to Real Madrid you see Socrates you see and everyone goes well they've got to be staying they're in the new kit why on earth would you do an entirely new um kit uh like set of photos for for a football team for a year just in case they're going you just do everyone in the first team squad regardless of whether they're going here's the, it's such a here's the weird, thing as well such weird logic they tend to do it kind of three to six months in advance yeah. so Arsenal all of Arsenal's photo shoes were rumored to have been done in January so, you know, Emmy was, was, of course, going to be involved in that because, you know, Burnt didn't have his injury at that point and he hadn't even come into the first team. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think more of kind of a, a good look as to who the club think is staying and going are if you go into like the club shops or the club shop, the one at the Emirates or even an Adidas shop. It's the names you see on the shirts. Yeah, potentially more more obvious. Gabriel Martinelli, obviously staying. I'm seeing Nicola Pepe, obviously staying. Uh, I've even seen a few Ozils because, you know, the likelihood of him actually leaving at this point is very, very slim. And I saw a very, very large amount of Aubameyang shirts. And I think that that is a very good indication of at least how confident the club were that he was going to stay. One thing that I do think is good about this is if it was being, if the signing was being held up by kind of other transfers or other things like that, it's Maybe he knows something we don't know now. Maybe he, him signing is a great kind of sign of things to come. It gives me real confidence in the moves that we might be making in the next three weeks. I hope so. I hope so, man. And as I say, I'll put this in the blog and I guess we'll, we'll cover it now then. The, the most exciting thing about Aubameyang signing, about this being confirmed, we all knew it was happening for weeks on end, you know, from your David Ornstein's to your Arsenal clock end or whatever, you know, all these in the nose who pretend they know. Everyone knew it was happening, and we can we can chat about how it happened. You know what it might mean happening at this at this point. Ultimately, you know, there's no real discussion about whether this is good. He's our club captain. He's unbelievably good at football, um, and it's a, it's an amazing deal to happen. That's kind of under the under the it's under the carpet for me. That's at the carpet. Am I right? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of that's done for me. The most important thing, and something that I put in the blog is Arteta's pull, mm. is the way that if you watch that video with, of Aubameyang and Ian Wright, the, you know, he asks about what decision he, he well, how, or how he came to that decision. And he talks about a legacy. He says, Mikel Arteta called me. And um, there's something interesting as well that they, 
he says uh, Arteta makes them make two page or you know basically write up the game after and 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 talk about it with Mikel or perhaps supposedly they were doing that during lockdown. I don't know whether they do that anymore. Again, just another indicator of the kind of attention to detail Arteta goes into. But the he said apparently Arteta called him up uh, during lockdown. They'd had a conversation already where he essentially laid out and said, "Listen, this is all in the interview with Ian Wright, and go, I'd go take a look if you if you can." But I'll summarize it now. Um, he says he says he had a conversation when he first joined and said, "Listen, you can go somewhere else. You can you can do that, but you will have a legacy here." And as we talked about in the last podcast, there is such a I think a really weighted argument towards Arsenal for him staying. He can create a legacy. And I love that that's what we pushed in the kind of the Aubameyang, you know, re-signing announcement. But crucially, what he talks about is that was it Arteta who put that out there to him. And then in lockdown, he called him. And instead of listening to this two-page dossier thing, he said, forget about it. I want to speak to you. Are you happy? Are you Are you enjoying yourself? Are you comfortable? And Arteta convinced him. And ultimately, the point is, Aubameyang says the words, he convinced me. Absolutely, and we can have we can have you know chat from Martinez about how great the sessions are. We can have chat from Tierney. We can have chat about the mood when a player of that caliber says in his position at thirty one with a couple of years to go, basically until his career is over, that he wants to commit to a project because the the standard is so high when the training is so good when he feels a team is moving in the right direction and he's convinced by the head coach. That is the most for me the most exciting. You know, and, and think about, you know, what he's seen, what he's seen through the Emery era. Mm. Think about the offers he's had. It's the most exciting thing about Arteta yet for me, because it's like that is incredible that he has the pull and that he's come in, in from December and started that process. It's it's it shows great forethought, but most importantly, it shows his pull. And, you know, as I, I think I say this in the blog, you know, he's worked under Ange, under Ancelotti. He's worked under Tuchel. He's worked under Wenger. He's worked under Klopp. He is putting them in that category, Arteta, in that category. And that's so exciting for a young coach and so validating. Absolutely. And I think that the, even if we steer away from kind of a Bamiyang talking about almost, you know, basically saying Arteta has pull, you just look at other where, like other places, like Man, Man United got turned down by Gabriel Magalhaes. And any Man United fan that tells you that Man United didn't bid for him are full of shit. But it is that kind of, the way that everyone speaks about him and the kind of atmosphere at the club and the the positivity. I saw I saw this really weird kind of infographic on Twitter and it's it, they called it like the Hopometer where they basically had put a poll out to, um, to fans of every club and said, how hopeful do you feel of a positive result by the end of your season. So yes. Whatever that, that means to you. For City or Liverpool, it obviously means lifting the title. For us, it probably means top four. And for West Ham, it probably means relegation. And we are in, I think it was the top three clubs. We were at something like 97% or something stupid like that. When was the last time as an Arsenal fan, we felt so unified and so hopeful as an entire collective fan base other than, you know, Lee Gunner on Twitter, because he just does nothing but <laughs> bitch and moan about everything. But when was the last time that we felt so kind of unified and uni- unilaterally looking forward to going into a new season? It's it's fantastic to see. And I think that 
that will also carry into fans in the stadiums because I yeah. think especially near the end of the Wenger era, there was so much animosity and hatred coming from a lot of the fans that of course it was going to have an effect on the pitch. You know, whether, I, I was of the opinion that whether you wanted Wenger gone or not, you needed to, there should never have been banners. There should never have been chants. There should never have been anything. We should have been behind the manager and behind the 11 players every week, no matter what happened. We can bitch and we can moan on AFTV after we lose 5-1 to Bayern Munich, all we like. But for the 90 minutes in the stadium, you need to be that 12th man. Yeah. And I think that we have not had that for so long. We've had such a fractured fan base that now Arteta and the hope kind of that he's instilled and the success that he's already instilled in, you know, winning us an FA Cup and a Community Shield. And as much as people might try and banter the Community Shield off, it's still a trophy. Yeah. Like you have to win a trophy to get in, you know. It's more than the Spurs have won. Exactly. And well, I mean, you have to win a trophy to get into it. So yeah. it's definitely more than Spurs have won. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even get into the competition. Yeah. So I'm, for the for the first time, probably since, you know, the summer, probably since the summer where we signed Lacazette, that summer I felt so confident. Yeah. And then since then it's been downhill and I've not felt confident going into a season at all. I actually genuinely feel like we could get top four this season I think top four predictions for me are probably going to be City Liverpool Chelsea and then Arsenal and United well I, I reckon it will be either Arsenal Chelsea or United for third and fourth because I, I think che if Chelsea's new signings bed in they could be phenomenal but if they don't they could slip down the same if United don't get a DM and don't get defensive reinforcements and like an, another striker maybe then they're going to slip down because all of their strikers just like to cut in. Mourinho gone by Christmas. That's my prediction. Oh God! Yeah, um, yeah I think you're, you're totally right. I, I I think there's a there's a real optimism, and I think something that Aubameyang also said um, in his in his in his comments was about bringing the respect back to Arsenal now, and mm. you know people need to respect this club again. And you look at you know we've also had the, the news about Emmy's move to to um, Aston Villa confirmed. Obviously, again we we sort of knew that was happening, but that's been confirmed by the club now. He, you know, a, a seven minute video to the fans, thanking the fans and saying, you know, how, how much he, you know, he loves the club and he'll always remember his time here and be thankful to the fans. And I he think, requested to do that. Yeah. And for, and for so long we've had, it feels again, part of the, I think part of this positivity is, is for so long we feel like we've had a quite a mercenary group of players. And mm. now we appear to have a group of players who are, who are fighting for the badge, who are fighting for the team. And are fighting each other in Danny Sabayas and Eddie Nketiah. But, you know, like the the fight is is back. And I I am also very optimistic. What would you be happy with this season? It's very vague, but signs of progression. A sign that things are moving forward on the pitch. I think mm. we've had a lot of signs that things are moving forward off the pitch. I, I hope to see us putting away those teams. People can say it's only Fulham, but we beat them convincingly um arsenal of old would not have scored three we would have scored no. one and maybe conceded an equalizer in the 94th minute like yeah i think it was tim stillman on the arsenal vision podcast made a really good point and he was saying you know last season if you who's the, who who are the fulham of last season and it's probably norwich right when we played them away we drew 2-2 when we relied on abamyang to come out uh, to come and dishes out of trouble they brought the game to us now we are finding a way to control those games control those types of games 
We only have one game to go off, but it's what we have. We're finding ways to control the game now. And if I can see that progression move forward, and if I can see that on the pitch we are competing against the top teams and tactically we're flexible and it feels like we're moving forward squad-wise, squad building, you know, with an eye on the future, but also, you know, keeping it up on the pitch as we as we go forward. That's really all I'm asking for. You know, mm. I can set goals and I can set I can set targets, but ultimately you look at there's so many teams now, you know. I think probably five, ten years ago, there was five or six teams that realistically had a chance of being in the Champions League. Realistically could have been the Champions League or and even competed in the Champions League. And you're looking at your Chelsea's, your Cities, your Liverpools, your United's and your Arsenal's, maybe your Tottenham's. You're now looking at plus Leicester, plus Everton, plus Wolves. I'm probably forgetting a team there. Plus Tottenham, lol. Um, teams that are setting themselves up by buying these players, by buying an entire midfield, including James Rodriguez, by trying to get Bale back. Teams that are going, we are challenging for that. We There is so much competition. But ultimately, teams win games and systems win games. And the way players play within systems win games. It's the football that wins the games. It doesn't matter what you do off the pitch. It matters how you play on the pitch. And I fully trust in Arteta that that is going to happen. I think something that's interesting the that uh, that came out recently is about the investment. I'm not sure if you've seen... It's taken me all this time to basically understand it. It's about Swiss Ramble on Twitter. I'm not sure if you've seen the thread. Mm-hmm. It basically details that Kroenke has put nothing into this club over the last five years. Yeah. Zero. Net zero put into this club. I think that's how it works. I'm probably wrong. Correct me if I am. No, 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 no. You're not. He's put nothing into the club. Essentially net zero into the club. So we're a self-sustaining model. So we have to, have to put the football first and how we're playing on the pitch and get the best coaches and train the best way. And at the moment, I feel like we are on that path and we have taken a turn that way. And for me, that's, that's I'm happy with that. What about you? Yeah, so for me, I agree with you. I think that progression on the pitch is important. And I think it's great to see you know, it would be great to see that kind of align with the progression we've made off the pitch and the fact that, you know, in the way that we're dealing with things now. And it, it, it kind of has translated onto the pitch in the fact that we're no longer a team that can be bullied. And we're no longer a club that is willing to be bullied for our best players. When you consider our world record transfer fee out is Mark Overmars at £36 million. And you think of the no, Wait, but you really? think of the yeah, that he's our world record transfer out. And you think of the but surely, we've surely we got forty million for Chamberlain. No, we got thirty-two million for Chamberlain with eight million in add-ons. So the the, okay. the fee is counted as thirty-two million. Right. But yeah, our world record flat fee signing is Mark Overmars for thirty-six million. Uh, and I mean, some people have a debate about that because they got Petit as well for the money. But what David Dean said was, if you want over Mars, you pay 36 million for him and you can have Petit for free because David Dean wanted the world record at the time. And I think it's really good to see, especially over kind of following Balogun, that we're going, we want 15 million. And these teams that are lowballing us for 5 million or 6 million, we're going, no, just either come back with a better offer or there's no point negotiating because if you're just going to take the piss. I'm not going to... They're refusing to deal with clubs who are taking the piss. It's just a straight up no. And also you hear rumours about 
how we're much better to deal with. And not only are we not being bullied, we're also nice to deal with, which is, you know, people want to talk to Edu and they want to do business and they want to. Whereas beforehand, there was rumours, again, massive conjecture, but, you know, that we weren't the most easy people to do business with through a Raoul or through a Ivan Kazidis because mm. we weren't we weren't not only like not entertaining deals, we were being ridiculous. Whereas now we're sort of going, you know, here's our price. Here's, here's what we do. Yeah. If you want to do business, fine. But if not, fuck off. Well, it, it reminds me of the Suarez saga. Yeah, that just wouldn't happen. He has a he had at the time a release clause of forty million pounds, I think, and we bid forty million pounds. Yeah, and they refused, and so to try and trigger the clause or something, we bid forty million and a pound because I think it was offers over forty million. They had to, they were meant to accept contractually. And Liverpool refused, and Arsenal of old just bent over and took it. Whereas I think Arsenal of now would have gone, no, we know there's a clause. Yeah, we're going to start speaking to Suarez representatives. Yeah, and obviously there's still the moment where Stevie G sticks his arm over Suarez's shoulder and says, "Stay for one more season, and you'll get to go to a bigger club." And maybe he doesn't even come to Arsenal, even if they accept the bid. But what I'm saying is, is we didn't even get a chance to convince a player to join because the club refused to adhere to contractual obligations. Arsenal of now, I don't think, have that issue. I, I think we say, we go, we've bid this money. You, we're talking to the player, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, take us to Cass and we'll go. And I think it's a massively, massively positive step because we're no longer just dicking around. Uh, okay, a couple more things, just sort of a news roundup. Uh, we're obviously all waiting with bated breath uh, to uh, hear the announcement of Runar, Alex Runarsson, uh, Icelandic keeper from Dijon, 25 years old. He's got a couple of caps for Iceland. Uh, listen, Brad, <laughs> never seen him play. But I do rate Inyaki Kanya, our um, goalkeeping coach. I think everything I hear about him seems really positive. He's obviously worked with him before. If he can come in as a number two and do a decent job, I'm happy with it. And the fee seems pretty, pretty fair. I think it's something like 1 million euros or something. Yeah, it's 1.5 million euros, the fee that's being thrown around. And it allows us to reinvest that Martinez money, which is, you know, happy all round, essentially. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, I'm, I, I agree, you know, 1.5 million euros is nothing. And if, if it means we get to keep other areas, like if we get to keep Bellerin because we sold Martinez and didn't invest all of the Martinez money or even half of it into a new backup goalkeeper, then fair enough. Because I'm a massive fan of David Raya from Brentford, who, you know, at 23, he's technically homegrown. So I think he would count towards our homegrown quota. Good passer of the ball, good distributor. He's got a decent save on him, but he's, he's kind of 23, 24 years old. So he would be a good backup for the future because, you know, Burns, what, 28? He's over the hill. No, but do you know what I mean? You're looking yeah, at yeah. having that almost like perfect age difference, whereas one gets older, you can easily transition the yeah, other yeah. one in. Because that was the issue with Martinez. They were the same age. So it was either keep one or the other. And obviously we've chosen to keep Leno. And I, I also think that that is because we, we've just bought him. There's probably no way to sell him. Well, we've invested a, a certain amount of money in him. And I think, you know, we've we've covered this before. It's... The Leno thing makes sense. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I think David Roy seems good, but it looks as though Brentford just aren't interested in 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 a conversation about it. Twelve months down the line, eighteen months down the line, who knows? But we'll um, we'll see on that one. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Matt Macy. I think he's off. Although he is massive, mate. He's si- he's like six six. Yeah, but if he leaves, 
for example, then we're down a keeper. So we might go for a David Raya and have like next season where we can invest a bit more money in that position. Get Lehman back. And have this Runar guy be be the third choice. But yeah, 1.5 million euros. I have, I'm not going to be a mug and say I've, I've done my YouTube scouting because I can't. I can't be asked for that shit. I'll see what he's like in an Arsenal shirt. 1.5 million euros. It's done. Or at least it looks like it's, it's very close to being done. Brad, I paid you to do a scouting report. <laughs> don't act like we get paid for this shit. <laughs> we. You mean I don't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, for some reason, I put down Scott Parker off to a wedding, but I can't remember why I put that down. Oh, because he looked like just... he was going off to a wedding during the match. So, yeah, there's a fine line between looking really cool and, like, trying too hard. And this was said on the Ask blog, but it's so true. He just looks like he's been laminated. <laughs> okay, so um, as per the last podcast, uh, I thought I'd kind of chip in with maybe a little segment or so. So I texted Alex earlier, I sent him a voice note and I asked him to think of, you know, one or two players that he thought were the, uh, how to phrase this, kind of the most wasted from their time at Arsenal, like that that didn't reach that peak, didn't reach that talent level that they really, really could have. I'm thinking like a Theo Walcott, everyone believed he was going to be the next Thierry Henry and he turned out to be a decent player, you know, I think. Theo Walcott's rec- record at Arsenal is is absolutely slept on it and is pretty much identical to kind of Anthony Martial's record and everyone's hailing Martial as this world-beating striker. But yeah, so did you did you come up with anyone interesting? Who do you think? I I think the only way to answer this really is is kind of by your own personal um feelings because like I think every player kind of has a different relationship with every fan and how they kind of take them. It's interesting. Um, so, for example, like Theo Walcott, I remember reading about him in... Do you remember, do you remember Match Mag? Yeah, I remember Match Mag. Yeah, I remember reading about Theo Walcott in Match Mag in like a little tiny little corner of it saying like 16 or 17-year-old Theo Walcott signed for Arsenal. He's supposed to be the next big thing. And it was basically saying, you know, could he be... As, and he, I think he'd just gone to the World Cup um, with his video camera. And uh, he was, you know, he was going to be the next big thing. And, and could he be as good as... Deco or whoever it was at the time um I yeah so so Walcott's obviously one I think one that I massively had huge expect expectations for and just never quite hit those heights was our Shavin I remember when our Shavin signed and I remember watching him and I remember like really 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 wanting him to do well but he just never quite he never took the game by the scruff of its neck, shall we say. I always felt he was a passenger and I always felt he kind of, he kind of did okay, came on, did okay, did a couple of nice tricks and, you know, did obviously got that, you know, had that, that game against Liverpool. But that's kind of all he did. And for, I think at the time he was our record signing, wasn't he? I think that was the most disappointing for me because it, he, and he was, I think at the time, and someone could correct me, but he was like exactly what we needed. We needed a bit of flair. We needed a bit of, a bit of someone. Um, and actually, someone else is Torreira. Mm. I know, because I remember when he came in and he had that World Cup performance performances. And I thought, this is exactly what we need. And it looks like he's off to Torino. And I think those two players, I think, will stick in my head 
as the kind of the two because he looked like Torreira looked like the exact you know the, the guy to add the bite to Swarm midfield to finally replace Patrick Vieira um, which by the way isn't going to happen Arsenal fans just stop saying it it's not going to happen um, but yeah those two and I suppose a youth player I mean Joel Campbell's got to be up there surely how many loan moves can a man have yeah I agree with you Joel Campbell's a difficult one to swallow what about you um you see I I mean there's the obvious ones there's the Jack Wilshires had the technical ability to be one of to be a generational talent like could have been unbelievable but just injuries and other things but mine is Abu Dhabi I think that's fair. I think that a career unhindered by injuries and he could have been, we could be speaking about him now. He could have been the next Patrick Vieira. I I just think that he had all of the kind of abilities to be a phenomenal midfielder for us and injuries just scuppered that. And I think out of everyone, it's a real, real shame. Oh, I was just ending the segment off. I wasn't starting from the beginning. Oh, great, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, my head's gone. My head's gone. Head's gone, mate. Uh, So final one for today, mate. It's just a quick recommendation for everyone. Uh, LT Arsenal have done a nice little uh, detailed tactical review of our game against Fulham. One thing I'd love to just sort of make a point about is how Arteta is using Aubameyang. And it makes a really good point about... um, the back three, essentially creating a numerical superiority against Fulham's uh, front two of whom I can't name their names, but anyway, the front two, and essentially creating four players really down that sort of uh, left our left-hand channel in Maitland-Niles tucking in to play a kind of inverted role, Aubameyang on that left wing, we've got Xhaka dropping back into the sort of left-sided centre-back role and Tierney pressing forward. The right winger doesn't know where to press, doesn't know whether to go to Xhaka or to go to Tierney. The the right back is obviously is, is occupied with the Bamiang, but then you've got either Tierney or or Xhaka free, and then you've also got Maitland Niles to play one twos with. It's a really interesting deep dive. Have a little look at it. Um I think it's fascinating. That specific bit was interesting to me because it, it means that we have our best player with his front to goal. And I think it's a really interesting, you know. I'm always interested in trying to learn more and more tactically. So um, if you're that way inclined, then uh, give it a give it a watch from half-built Craven Cottage. Anything else from you, Brad? No, nothing else from me. I think it's uh, been a good one. We've both been lads and been to the gym today. And chat about football. Chat about football because we're fucking lads. There are some strange people at the gym. I thought I saw Righty at the gym or a man who looks like Righty. Do you even live in North London? Like, what are you? Do? Of course, you didn't see Wrighty. Do you know where? Oh, is he in North London? I think so. The mysterious Wrighty. My favourite thing that he does is talk about ballpoint pens as if they're cars. <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> no, 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 no. You'll have to link me. Okay, I'll link you. Basically, someone, he, someone would be like, "Oh my god, man, I've got the C sixty seven. And he's like, "No way, that's got the coolest nib." And you're just like, "Oh, mate." Please find a girlfriend. Uh, anyway, well, like a uh, like Wayne Lineker, <laughs> like Wayne Lineker. I don't even know who he is. I've I know he's related to Gary Lineker. He's his brother. Um, but and I and I know the memes, but I don't know who Wayne Lineker is. And do you know what, Brad? I I think I'm gonna keep it that way. Please tell please tell me you saw the post. No, what happened? Oh, he put up this like massive post about him looking for a girlfriend, and it's honestly the most cringy, horrific thing I've ever read in my life. This man's like, what's okay? This man is like sixty years old, 
and okay. it's like what's is on instagram it's on insta just insta wayne lineker and honestly like this man is 60 years old and he's 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 looking for a, he's put an age range that's younger than his daughter okay like it's uh, just uh, horrific i'm looking for <laughs> honestly i'm looking honestly, for mate, it now it, wayne lineker how did you not see this it was literally t- trending all over twitter Brad, I've got a life. I was at the gym pumping iron, okay? Uh, okay, oh, I think I found it. No, Brad, this post is purely tongue-in-cheek banter, so whatever he says is fine. It's not tongue-in-cheek banter. He's He must have added that because of the backlash he's got. So my family have decided I need a girlfriend for my own sanity and health. You must like older men, but only me. <laughs> you have to be a worldie and above 30. Okay, 28 to 29 could work. But remember... They're not 29 until they've turned 29. But not my age, as that would just look weird. What? It would look weird for them to be your age. I beg to differ. You must like to travel and to fly business class and stay in incredible hotels. Be prepared to give up your career or job or at least be able to work from a laptop on a tropical beach somewhere. You will need to spend... This is sounding pretty good thus far, Brad. I might apply you will need to spend the summer in Ibiza and the winter in Dubai with two weeks in the UK for Christmas and New... I want to be Wayne Lineker's girlfriend. <laughs> you must be able to cook because I love cooking, especially Waitrose ready-made meals. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact he thinks You also cooking. don't need to be verified. I can sort that for you. House music and R&B lovers only. So if you like anything else, no. Oh my god, this this goes on for hours. One last thing, your geography needs to be on point. Well, I got an A in A-level geography, Brad, so listen, I'm the perfect. Sorted. Get your application in, Alex. It sounds great. Winters in Dubai. I got an A in geography at A-level and, you know, Ugh. Wayne Lineker, I'm sure would be. No, that sounds terrible. Um, Listen, Brad, a joy as always. As per, it's been fantastic. As per Murtazaka. Um, All right, mate. Lots of um, football-y energy and masculine love. And uh, the same no-homo-esque love returned, my friend. Thank you. All right. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we will see you on Monday. Going to say bye, Brad? He didn't say bye. He's now stopped his recording. So... For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. All you need is a computer and printer. Imagine mailing and shipping right from your desk, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, Stamps.com gives you discounts up to 84%. Sign up for Stamps.com today. Use code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Sports Social Podcast Network.